Let's get you the latest on COVID. Let's get right to that. Here with her first visit of 2022 to the show is vaccine researcher and family doctor, Dr. Iris Gorfinkel, joins us here on Global News Radio. Dr. Gorfinkel, good afternoon and happy new year. Good afternoon to you, Jeff, and a happy new year right back. All right. Thank you. Much appreciated. Okay, Omicron, let's get right to it because the caseload, it continues to escalate in the province right across the country. So too does, unfortunately, the hospitalization rate. And Dr. Gorfinkel, there's a thought out there. I think many believe that Omicron is milder. And if that is the case, why are we seeing this escalation in hospitalization? It is not a rumor that Omicron is milder. It is a milder disease. You know, take a look at the UK data. The likelihood of getting hospitalized from Omicron is a full two thirds less. Add to it that our vaccines, the existing vaccines, I'm talking Pfizer, Moderna, are hugely helpful at reducing hospitalization. And how helpful are they? Take again, a look at the UK data. And it shows you get a booster shot, you're 88% less likely to get hospitalized. This remains a pandemic of the unvaccinated. So where's the problem? Well, you take a look. Ask the folks in Brampton. Ask the folks in Etobicoke. They're on code orange. Who even knew what a code orange was before? Well, everybody knows now that's where the hospital doesn't have enough staff to satisfy the tremendous demand that's coming down. So what happens, this is an old song by now, if even a small percentage of a large population gets sick, our systems get overwhelmed. And guess what? Healthcare workers are part of that number. So what happens in Brampton and Etobicoke, so many people were sick, so many healthcare workers were sick, that the system has to turn away patients and send them to neighboring hospitals now. That's what's going on. And that's a serious problem. Could it be a canary in the coal mine? I'm concerned. Okay, but let me ask you then, is the problem right now the amount of COVID cases coming to hospital, coming into our ICUs, or is the problem that we just have a bit of a supply shortage, as you mentioned, staff here? Because, uh, you know, obviously, Omicron and COVID uh, affects our healthcare workers uh, as well. And a lot of them have uh, come down with symptoms and are calling in uh, sick, can't report uh, for work. Is that the bigger problem right now? You know, there it's a twofer. What can I say? It's happening at both ends. So hospitals at the best of times, actually even before this, had been struggling with problems with keeping staff. I'm, let's, let's hold off on Omicron for just a second. What was happening before? All of a sudden, nurses were asked to look after patients. True hospitalizations were down. But a lot of ICUs and a lot of emergency rooms had lost a lot of nurses to begin with. Serious problems. What are the exact numbers? We don't actually have those exact numbers but they were definitely down. And so what's happening now? Omicron comes along and that takes out healthcare workers who in turn are not there to staff hospitals. And it's a serious problem. Patients are gonna get turned away if the hospitals do not have enough staff to service them. It's that simple. So, and more people are getting it simply because so many people are getting Omicron all at once. So if even a tiny percentage, and let's say, and this is a conservative guesstimate, 2% of people wind up in the hospital, well, that because the denominator is so big, so many cases are coming. 
It's a serious problem. And yes, hospital systems can and will, that's what we're worried about, be overwhelmed within the next week. All right. Talk to us a bit about testing, if you can, because just before the break, uh, you and I were talking about, of course, rapid tests going home with uh, students throughout the uh, province. Uh, now, unfortunately, there's a lack of tests available. And how big of a problem is this right now when people are trying to figure out whether or not they've got Omicron or maybe just a cold? I get this question all the time from patients. How do I tell? Is it Omicron? And the answer is, if you've got a runny nose, the assumption is that it's Omicron at this point, because the numbers of Omicron have just skyrocketed. And what we're testing for, and this is a reasonable guesstimate, you know, what we have tests for probably represents one in five of the actual positive tests. In other words, you can can multiply that by five. So the assumption is, even if it were to be a common cold, You've got to isolate and you've got to isolate for five days. And what do you say? Oh my gosh, what if I'm, what if I'm still symptomatic on day six, then what do I do? You isolate right up until you're asymptomatic for an extra 24 hours up to day 10. So that's what needs to be done. And that includes household members as well. Is that easy to do? Absolutely. It's not. But then on the other hand, what's our choice? If a few more people get sick, this is probably the single most contagious virus we've ever seen. And I know that sounds alarmist, but that happens to be the truth. Think about it. A month ago, Canada hardly had a single case, four short weeks ago. And now it's 97% of the cases we are seeing here in Ontario. It's insane. Who's ever seen anything like that? Mm-hmm. So is there any way to know definitively if tests are not available as to whether or not you've got Omicron, COVID, or just a simple cold? Is there one telltale sign? Because I think for a lot of people, they would just like to know for their own peace of mind. Absolutely. I wish I had the magical thing that would tell you, but unfortunately, we don't have that. So what are the common symptoms? And they're in common with all three. No, not even the best doctor on planet Earth can tell you which one it is. So say you lost your smell or taste. That's less likely to happen with Omicron, but it's on the list of symptoms. Yeah, maybe you could argue, but the fact of the matter is that by itself does not diagnose the disease. The common symptoms of Omicron are identical to the common symptoms of a common cold, are identical, well, similar to influenza. And what are they? Runny nose, fever sore throat, potentially shortness of breath, cough. Like these are the signs and symptoms, loss of sense of smell and taste. And what's interesting is that Omicron can also cause a loss of appetite and nausea. So nobody's talking about that, but actually those are big symptoms too that should make that list of suspected symptoms. Joined by vaccine researcher and family physician, Dr. Iris Gorfinkel, as always on a Wednesday. Since we uh, last talked, we found out that Ontario schools, they will be uh, shuttered for the next uh, two weeks. It's uh, back to remote or online learning. And there was a lot of confusion there for the past uh, week or so, particularly from the Ontario government, who initially said that uh, kids would be back in school starting actually today. Now it's a couple of weeks uh, from now. Are you supportive of this uh, decision? Does this make good medical uh, sense to uh, withhold kids out of the classroom for the time being? And do you think they'll get back in in the next couple of weeks, Dr. Gorfinkel? This is, it's heartbreaking to see kids not in school. It's heartbreaking to see parents having to struggle with teaching kids at home and making sure they're nailed to their computers. That's not an easy situation. 
it's hard to think about the mental health impacts this has on children, the, the loss of social, social contacts. It's so many bad things. But by the same token, what do you do when hospital systems, major hospital systems that people rely on are turning away problems? You know, what do you do? Because the decision is actually really a difficult one. And I'm concerned that hospitals are going to become so overwhelmed that life and death are like, that's a big, that's a big decision right there. And I do think the government is, it's a tough decision, but they're making the best decision they can. I'm supportive that the schools are closing at this point, simply because when grandma who's unvaccinated, and I say unvaccinated because this remains a pandemic of the unvaccinated, winds up in hospital, she needs the resources. And we need to keep that number of grandmas down altogether. And the best way to do that is to keep transmission low. Fortunately, kids are not likely to get sick themselves, but can they transmit the disease? Absolutely. And what about the asymptomatics? They, they actually, that's about one third of the people who have COVID-19 from Omicron. One third asymptomatic. Thank you again to the UK for that excellent data on that. It's, it's quite incredible. And our vaccines, by the way, they reduce the likelihood of having symptoms. So what winds up happening is that a person who may have been symptomatic before, well, now that they've had the booster, their likelihood of having symptoms is reduced by three quarters. So we got a lot more people walking around with it, not knowing they have it, and yet transmitting it to others. Enter okay. unvaccinated kids. Now, let me ask you, though, uh, because uh, a lot of parents, obviously, they're, they're frustrated. Uh, some are angered as well over this uh, decision. And a lot of people are pointing to this next two weeks as being vital, very important. What do you think the uh, government, the Ontario government, uh, school boards, what do they need to do right now in this next couple of weeks to make sure that schools can reopen, reopen safely and stay open for the long term? These are really big asks, and I don't even know how realistic they are. Ideally, we would make sure that the ventilation systems within schools are absolutely optimized. We would ensure that kids have access to the quality masks that they need. So we know that masks, the quality of them, actually make a big difference. So in my, on my wish list, N95, is that realistic? Absolutely, it is not. But at least medical-grade masks that, do, that can do the job. This is triple-ply. We're talking about high quality things. We're also talking about ensuring hand washing happens, ensuring that kids are actually wearing their masks in school, and of course, ensuring high vaccination numbers. Because as I mentioned, this is a vaccination, a, a pandemic of the unvaccinated, and that's a serious problem. We still have you know, one in five Ontarians, which is shocking, who haven't been fully vaccinated. You know, 15%, you know, haven't even had a single dose yet. So what do you do? I mean, those are the people who are largely filling our hospitals. All right, we got to get a quick break. When we come back, we'll ask Dr. Gorfinkel, could Omicron actually mark the end of the pandemic? Is this what uh, turns this pandemic into an endemic? We'll discuss that next here on Global News Radio.
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.